Welcome back to the big program. Second hour of the Kevin Carey Show just after 8 o'clock in Edmonton looking for a high of plus 2 today. We are at zero or in the plus temperatures all the way through Christmas. It's going to be, oh, very, very nice out there. Uh, time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn order and enjoys. We welcome in Mark Spector to the program. Good morning, Spec, on this Wednesday. Morning, Kev. Now, is that uh, Laurier Heights Outdoor Rink open by you? Is Are the ODRs going over yeah. Christmas here? Well, I'll tell you what. I went for a walk with uh, Sammy the dog, and there were a couple kids out there. They've got the two rinks out there, as you know, the smaller yep. one. The smaller one for maybe just the smaller kids that don't want to uh, take the chance to get run over by the big guys out there. But uh, I saw the rink in pretty good condition. I think they need a few more floods. But, I, you know, the overnight temperatures have been okay. And as long as the sun doesn't come out, right? And the sun hits that one corner, you know, closer to the building. Yep. On, on yeah, the, yeah. You know, on the north side. And then, the, you know, some, and that happens with every rink, right? You know, there's just a couple corners where the sun hits it and you got to put the pylons out and just stay away from there, right? Because. Well, it's just a big part of a lot of people's Christmas is you, you know, you have Christmas and then maybe on the 26th, you play a little bit yeah. of hockey outside. I, so I always would the go. The rinks are open and people can skate. Yeah, I would always go for a skate Christmas morning, to be honest with you, uh, at Laurier Heights. Sneak out there early on just to kind of blow out a few rum and eggnogs from Christmas Eve, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well. You know, on the subject of this, uh, the Christmas season, have, have you, are you going to any, have you gone already to any, like a party where you got to take, you know, it's a potluck and you're taking something? Or have not. No, okay. I've been to one big Christmas party. Uh, my wife's company, MHK Insurance, mm-hmm. uh, has a beautiful big party uh, down the Derrick. We went there and had a really good night, but no, that was not potluck. Hmm. Uh, and after that, we're hosting a couple. And uh, because it's all our kids coming, it's not potluck either. We do all the Ooh. cooking and they do all the eating. <laughs> well, you got the 600 pierogies already, Spec. So, um, yeah, we've got a good head start. We've got our potluck start. here. And the Duke's been getting it from a few of our listeners, uh, talking about that, you know, he, he should be, shouldn't be taking a pre made platter. He should be making something. Uh, ah, but, there you, you go. Know. Yeah. But then I just had to get to this text about, you know, guys that take stuff to, you know, to parties. This comes from the pill man. He goes, I always take or get 10 rotten Ronnie's cheeseburgers, cut them in half, and everyone loves it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now that is taking the easy way out. I got a brother-in-law that'll bring a shrimp ring <laughs> in any month of the year to any party that he goes to and 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 I'm not it's he's a very generous mm-hmm. brings a shrimp ring brings a big uh a big thing a kubasaw and a big chunk of cheese and crackers so that's the <laughs> that's the Thorsby uh 101 when it comes to appies at a party right there baby <laughs> that's all you need really you, hey, know, you got the kubasa off that yeah shrimp sausage kubasa kubi and cheese and crackers maybe a little bit a jar of pickles and you're set yeah, you need the pickles too. A little salt, soak up some of the booze, right? Oh, so Oilers and Islanders—that's the third straight loss for the Oilers uh, after all the hard work and all the uh, uh, you know to get an eight-eight game winning streak going to get everything and get back in the playoff picture. Now they've fallen yep. back out of it. Uh, what'd you make of last night? Yeah. Well, I I think one thing I see with the Oilers frequently is when it's not going in, 
uh, for them. They uh, they start to get far too complicated and far too pretty. When I see Brett Kulak right in front of the net with the puck on his backhand, and instead of firing a backhand at the goal and, and seeing what happens, he makes a, pa- a back pass into the slot. Brett Kulak, we're talking here, a back pass into the slot that goes right to an Islander stick. Right, I saw I saw Vander Kane turning away shots from good range to try to make an extra pass. Um, you know, McDavid could shoot the puck way more. Having said that, the attempts last night were like eighty-three to thirty-eight, I believe, in the Oilers' favor. They had way more attempts. So for me to sit here and say they're not shooting enough probably doesn't sound right. The Islanders blocked a million shots, but I think you know they just they they their fallback is to try to make a prettier play when the pretty plays aren't working. And I think we all saw in Leon Drysaddle's goal, he just came down, changed his angle, and fired a puck, and it went in. I thought they could have used more of that approach. And, again, you mentioned the block shot. So it was 19 after two periods for the Islanders. They had 22 in total. So they were ready yep. and willing to pay the price, especially uh, on the power play. And I asked Sean Brown this, too. A lot of people were looking at the, uh, the stat line of the power play of the Oilers versus the worst penalty kill coming into the league, uh, the game yeah. last night. It didn't look like it. They looked, go? it looked good. It looked good on the penalty kill. I mean, the Oilers didn't force shots and things like that, like as you say, but, I mean, the Islanders' penalty kill looked okay. They looked excellent. Listen, when you when you make the Oilers go 0 for 4, they got crushed on specials last oh, night. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the Islanders scored two uh, nice power play goals, right? I'm trying to think. Uh, no, sorry. One. The first one, nobody yeah. liked. The yeah. first one squeezed through Skinner. It's a lousy goal, mm-hmm. right? It's a poor goal. He stopped, you're going to stop 95% of the puck. you got to stop 100% of it. The second one, uh, I think it was a Horvat goal, was an excellent power play uh, pass. Boom, shot goes in. Third one's a two-on-one. The goalie doesn't have a chance, shorthanded. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Novlock said it after the game. You look at our eight-game win streak, we never lost a special teams battle once. Yeah. Uh, they for sure lost it last night and cost them a, a hockey game for sure. A lot, a lot of people we get texted in this morning. Or they just uh, the five on three for a minute didn't look. It looked inept. It nope. didn't. It was just way out there than the fact that they they never generated a thing. And which a lot of people just with the talent that you have and a five on three, people just can't understand that one. Well, they they. I mean, I get. I always have a hard time trying to. Crit- a power play full of guys that put up the best power play in the history of the game last year. Who the heck are you and I mm-hmm. to tell that group of five guys how to run their power play? They clearly know, and they're better at it than everybody else in the world, <laughs> right? So I'm not going to tell them how to do their power play. I'm always the guy saying, why don't you drift a few shots and see if you can get a dirty goal? <laughs> and just as that's coming out of my mouth, they make three passes and score a goal. So you know that's who they are i guess is what i'm saying these guys are going to overpass and they're going to score a bunch of goals in the empty nets because they've made that extra pass they're pretty good at it kev mm-hmm. right they're pretty good at it when it doesn't work they just look like a bunch of guys on the perimeter trying to play pretty hockey uh, I would have liked to have seen some shots from the point. I would have liked to have seen more pucks funneled to the net. When it's a five-on-three, you got out, You should have two guys in front of the net to their one. There's got to be a rebound there, doesn't there? So, yeah, didn't what they were what they do didn't work last night. And uh, when what they do doesn't work, 
it kind of looks like a bunch of pretty guys out there trying to make lovely plays instead of maybe a blue-collar goal once in a while wouldn't hurt. Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440 from Rogers Sportsnet uh, for Booster Juice. It's uh, 8.09 in Edmonton on a Wednesday, uh, just five days before Christmas. Man, where did the time go? So the Oilers uh, continue yep. this road trip, Spec. Two games now so critical. Um and we've talked about it, you know, lost four in a row, won three in a row, lost three, won eight, lost three. They got to find some consistency here. And I mean, they're falling out again. They're seven points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. And this is the, you know, this is the reality. Sure, you win eight in a row, but there's going to be some losses coming. And the reality is everybody else is playing every night and winning. They're, they got games in hand on everyone. I get all that. But that hole they dug at the start of the year, we're looking at it now. Right, three. You win eight and you lose three, and you're right back where you started. Those five wins didn't help you. So yes, they're uh, they're in a hole, and they got to play unbelievable hockey the rest of the year. And unbelievable hockey doesn't include losing three in a row. So uh, you better not lose the next two before Christmas, or it's going to be a dreary Christmas cool. around here, staring at ten points out of the playoffs at Christmas. Uh, that's not what you want to see. Pressure's on these guys, man. They they've dug the hole. And now they got to get out of it, and the pressure is on. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, we've had a lot of texters this morning, Spec, that say uh, the Oilers are going to go into the break on a five-game losing streak, and yeah, it's not going to be fun around here for, <laughs> for the holiday season, man. Um, That's kind of a negative way to look at if, it. I mean, they got a good team. They can beat Jersey. They can yeah, beat the Rangers. They but can. But the pressure's on to do it. Yes, do it. Uh, we've been banging the Connor Brown drum for quite a few weeks now. Uh, ripped one off the post on a hard pass from uh, Ryan McLeod yesterday in the first period. Yeah. Had some other chances, but gave the puck away to uh, Matt Barzell. Uh, I don't know. Where where are we at with this guy now? Well, you know what? We're seeing every game. He's hitting the post. He's getting a chance, right? He's a, pretty, he's a little bit snake bit. Um, is he helping as much as you want? No, I'm, I'm still not jumping all over him. You know, it's, it's going, it's, he's getting, what do they always say? Every hockey player we ever met, Kev, if I stop getting chances, that's when the problem starts. Mm -hmm. He's getting his chances. Uh, he's doing a good job in the penalty kill. Generally had a rough play last night, but, uh, I'm not, this team isn't losing because of Connor Brown. Right, this team isn't in the hole it's in because of Connor Brown. I think we're looking for a focal point to to put some uh, negative energy, and if that's what you want to do, that's a guy to look at for sure. I can think of a couple others, but he's got nothing done this year, so yeah. But uh, I don't, you know, when I think of the list of Oilers uh, issues in a game like last night, Connor Brown's not at the top of my list. I, I look at it like this too: they're they're not losing because of Connor Brown, but he's a a big part of the. Uh, solution to help them get winning. How's that sound? Well, you'd hope that he is, and he's supposed to be. And, and you know, I think we all made this bargain in the summer when you pick up a guy coming off a whole year lost to injury, and you go, oh, that's okay, we'll be patient. And I remember McDavid and Dreisaitl both saying, you got to be patient with this guy. It's going to take a while. And everyone said, yeah, yeah, we'll be patient. We get it. And now we're you know, whatever we are, 25 games into the season, and nobody's patient anymore. <laughs> no. You know, and I've been, nobody's saying, patient. I, I've been saying this for months, and if he can get to where he is contributing, and let's just say he can, um, the rest of the way can pot, I don't know, seven, eight, nine goals, if that's uh, possible. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs back here again next year uh, for whatever, under a million bucks. It, it wouldn't It wouldn't surprise me uh, if that happened. Uh, Let's see what happens, right? Mm -hmm. We're a ways away from 
from that for sure. We're ways away. He's, he's got to show yeah. me that he's, you know, he, he's got to show you that he can get back to some version of the player he used to be. He hasn't been that guy yet. There's no one's saying he is mm-hmm. right. I'm not, you know, let's, let's watch him play this year and let's see who this player is. Um, you know, and maybe maybe you mitigate if you like the player and you get him for a lot cheaper. He's going to be a better player next year than he was this year. Uh, maybe that's how you kind of justify things. But that's man, long way off. bigger yep. issues that are right in yeah. front of him right now than who they're signing next year. You know, Holmstrom's fifth shorthanded goal last night. Spec uh, kind of looked to see how many what the record was. Mario had thirteen back in eighty eight, eighty nine. Oh. But Paul Coffey had nine one year in eighty five, eighty six. Nine shorthanded goals for a defenseman. Wow, Isn't that, that's that, amazing that a, def- <laughs> a defenseman gets that far up ice. Shorthanded goals are most often scored on jailbreaks, right? Mm-hmm. They're two on one, just like the one last night. You know, shorthanded goals don't come after a bunch of pressure in the offensive zone. They come on a quick strike. And for a defenseman to be up ice enough to get nine of them, I'd imagine he left a lot of holes behind him along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really care. I don't, I don't see another defenseman in the top 30. I just had a real quick look. But I don't see a defenseman <laughs> in the top thirty. But uh, those are the days, baby. Oh boy! If you're give it to Paul Coffey, and go, away he'd go. <laughs> go, go, go. Um, one other <laughs> question, just with last night's game, uh, Chris Knobloch pulls the goaltender with over five minutes left. That's probably as the the a long extended streak as I've seen. What did you make of that? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I defer to the people who do the math on these things and what we've seen over the past, you know, probably six or seven or eight years in, in ha- concert with the rise of analytics in our game, we've seen a, a longer time, right? We've seen guys pulling their goalies earlier and earlier. And if that's, if the stats say that's a good idea, like I say, I guess I defer to them. I grew up in a time where you, you didn't pull them and if there was never <laughs> a two like there was never oh, two minutes left yeah. when you pull your goalie when we were kids yeah. never right never but you're down by two what the, what do you got to lose i don't their offense wasn't very effective last night they needed five minutes of, of extra man to score a goal it turns out they'd barely got any great <laughs> chances at the end no i remember when uh dallas akins was here and he pulled whatever goal he was with several minutes left and Everyone was going bananas with him in the post game, and he goes, "Your thought process is archaic." <laughs> is that what he said? Something like that. It was just because times have changed, yeah. and and now that's he's probably right. He was back in the day. He was probably you know ahead of the game uh, with pulling the goal. I think with, he was ahead know? of the curve. You're seeing it all over the league. Oh. You're seeing guys do it quicker and quicker. Yeah. Now it's, it's you know what? Listen, you pull your goalie. Uh, why not? Yeah. not? How many games get one with a pulled goalie? Sometimes you've seen teams score two, mm-hmm. and if you don't pull it early enough, you never give yourself a chance to be a hero, so yeah. why not? I never had a problem with it. Uh, so, uh, Thanks for this, Spec. Uh, boy, have you got all your Christmas shopping done, big guy? Yeah, I think I'm ready to go uh, oh, for really? Christmas. I sure am. I hope everybody else out there is. Yeah. It's uh, We're just getting through the work week. Shalka works today, and then she's off, and uh, wow. I just got a couple hockey games to cover off TV, so yeah. I'm not working very hard, and time to get out, uh, do a little cooking, and uh, get ready for some uh, a nice Christmas break. Maybe get a little positive here and come back and uh, 
uh, let's see what happens with our hockey team in the new year. Yeah, we've got uh, some shows off next week, so I'll, we'll let you know what's going on, and maybe you're off. Who knows? It could be just Duke and I here with some cheese tray that Duke picked up yeah. from, the, from the Safeway down the street or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the old 7-Eleven cheese tray. <laughs> I actually like the Pillman. I like the, the cheeseburgers from McDonald's. Just cut. I would cut them in quarters, though, not half. You know. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, those little burgers little you get sliders. Bar, right? Sliders. Yeah. yeah, like sliders. Little yeah. sliders. Sure, why not? All right, thanks, Beck. Have a good day, bud. All right, boys. Take That's it easy. Uh, On the Mark, uh, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need. At Booster Juice. When we come back, David Amber from Hockey Night in Canada and Rogers Sportsnet on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Reuter Plumbing. At Mr. Reuter, they only employ the finest organic grain fed free range plumbers for all your plumbing needs. Go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in David Amber from Rogers Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada. Good morning, Dave. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Hey, happy holidays, Kevin. How are you? Yeah, best of the season to you and yours, uh, Dave. Uh, busy time of the year for everyone in the business kind of thing. Uh, how did you enjoy your evening on the desk last night? Uh, it was enjoyable. Uh, I mean, I had more fun, I guess, than the Ottawa Senators had, <laughs> but I <laughs> and the Edmonton Oilers for that, fa- uh, for that matter. But uh, it was fun. You know, Vancouver continues to be a great story. And it was a weird night, though, I will say, right? All these mm. big lopsided games, you know, Tampa rolling it up on St. Louis and and Columbus just steamrolling nine goals. <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets scoring nine goals on Buffalo. Uh, so I was in the uh, in our green room watching the games. We have like seven screens on at the same time. And it was a busy night, 11 games in total. And Jamal Mayers and I were kind of going, I can't believe what we're watching. Some of the games were just kind of, you're scratching your head. But that's sort of what the NHL is, right? I had a GM tell me, uh, just a couple weeks ago, sort of said there's five pretty exceptional teams, there's five pretty bad teams, and there's 20 teams, including he was referring to his own team, that are kind of in the middle, in the mushy middle, that on any given night, you know, can erupt and, and do big things. So I think we're seeing that with the salary cap here. There's a lot of parity and, and a lot of uh, games. You kind of scratch your head at the results. Dave Amber from uh, Rogers Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada, our guest on Sports 1440. That's a good analogy by that GM that you talked to. That Again, about five teams that are really good and five stinkers. One of those stinker teams, Ottawa, again, made the coaching change but lose uh, number five in a row uh, last night. Uh, is this season salvageable in Ottawa, Dave? I don't. I personally don't think so. Um, there's a lot of hockey left to be played, and could they pull a 2000 and and, uh, you know, uh, 18. 18 or 19 St. Louis Blues out of their hat. I, I suppose they could, but, you know, they're 29th in the standings and there's a lot of teams to pass. I mean, they have to pass, they're last in the East, so they've got to pass eight teams. Um, and some of those teams, you know, like the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, you know, teams that we didn't think would maybe be legitimate this year are proving themselves to be formidable. And it's, it's not going to be, they're not just going to collapse, I don't think. So, um, you know, what I'm predicting, and maybe if I'm that bold a prediction, is the, the Ottawa Senators will look like Stanley Cup champs about four weeks from now. This is, this is sort of what their M.O. has been the last few years, bury themselves with horrible starts. And as soon as the games are truly meaningless and the weight is off their shoulders, they are fantastic. And you don't want to play the Ottawa Senators come February or March or April. 
And if you look at their last four years, you know, they had like two wins in their first 18 games one year and five wins in their first 20 games one year. And they bury themselves. And then, you know, the weight of the pressure weight is off their shoulders and they play well. So I, I, they have too much talent to play at the level they're playing at. But I just, the math does not work in their favor, right? There's that whole American Thanksgiving. If you're not in a playoff spot, you know, 80% of the teams that make the playoffs are already in a playoff position uh, come Thanksgiving, uh, you know, a team like Edmonton could be one of those 20% that jump in. I understand that. But to think that the Ottawa Senators are suddenly going to climb past eight teams in the East uh, just doesn't seem reasonable at this point. They're playing with such a low level of confidence. They still give up way too many scoring opportunities, and they put themselves into a major, major hole, Kevin. Dave Amber with us on Sports 1440. Uh, Dave, so one of the 27 games that you had on the monitors last night in your green room was the Oilers uh, and Islanders. And so, you know, we we obviously have a lot of takes from the guys that are in town that cover this team on a daily basis, uh, you know, like Mark Spector, and we had Sean Brown on earlier this morning. But from a, a, an Eastern Canadian perspective, when you're on the desk and you get, you know, people like Jamal on the panel and, and you know, other guys coming in, like even Cassie, we'll get to her in a second. But what what does everyone say about the Oilers out there, about what's going on with this team? Well, I don't think I don't think the the East Coast view, if I'm going to represent the East Coast view of it, is much different than the than the local view. I mean, it's a very talented team. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They have some of the best, play, you know, the best player, or arguably the two best players in the world on their team. They have a great supporting cast up front. Uh, you know, when they're playing uh, in sort of a more structured brand of hockey, you're really happy with their blue line as well. And then obviously, goaltending has been the big Achilles heel on this team. Uh, it was a bit of a head scratcher. I was watching last night with Jamal and yeah. they score in the first, what, minute and a half. And then they just put it on and Sorokin becomes very good. It could have been two or three, nothing 10 minutes in. Uh, I look up, it was 12 minutes into the game. And I think New York had two shots on goal. And then suddenly, I don't know what switched, but suddenly the Islanders started playing with a, a lot more purpose and a lot more desperation. And they won sort of the last five or six minutes of the first period, but Skinner was very good. Uh, and then Skinner lets in a bit of a softy that get, leaks through him, and Anders Lee picks up the, the rebound, and and that was it. It was a surprising game. And, you know, I actually asked Jamal off camera, I said, do you think the Oilers are in trouble? They're 13th in the West. And he said, no, I, I don't think so. And I, I said, yeah, I don't think so either. I think they're going to make the playoffs because uh, I just think they're too good to not make the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, it's not nothing's coming easy to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that eight-game winning streak, as great as it was, when it's bookended by two three-game losing streaks, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's, not, that's not brilliant, you know? So uh, they've got some work to do, but I just really do feel that they're too good a team to, to not sort of make a, a, another significant run. And unlike, and unlike Ottawa, I think the teams that Edmonton has to make a run past you know, they're flawed teams. They're teams that certainly aren't scaring anyone, whether it's Seattle or whether it's Arizona or, you know, even St. Louis and Nashville. I don't think these are teams that you're going, oh, boy, it's going to be impossible to get some traction and move past them. So I like the, you know, projection I have for the Oilers. But at the same time, I'm sure just like a lot of, of the fans in Edmonton, they're kind of going, well, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. When is it going to happen? And it, uh, it's been a slow process thus far. 
David Amber from uh, Rogers Sportsnet, Hockey Nate in Canada, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440, 827 in Edmonton. So the Oilers will play uh, the Devils tomorrow and then play the Rangers uh, Friday to close out the uh, pre-Christmas schedule. The Rangers uh, with a big win in Toronto last night, Dave. What did you make of the, the Rangers' performance? And I guess same thing, the Leafs' performance last night. You knew the Rangers were going to have a bounce back. I, I Listen, they got absolutely blitzed uh, last week by the Leafs at MSG. They lose 7-3. They were down 4-1 to one after 20 minutes. Toronto just went in there, and Toronto had played the night before, so it was a bit of a shocker that Toronto came out so strong at MSG, and New York just looked lethargic and out of it. So you knew there was going to be a better performance. Uh, on paper, it looks it's a 5-2 win for the Rangers over the Leafs. But if you watch the game at all, there was a lot of bad puck luck there. And that's not to make excuses because New York probably deserved to win the game. Uh, they played hard. They played smart. They played a great road game. And Shesterkin was solid. But two of the goals that got past Martin Jones uh, were off Leaf defenders. And a third one actually kind of did a three-way ricochet off of Zibanejad in the net. So there was some bad puck luck working against the Leafs a little bit. But New York, to me, still might be, you know, the best, if not one of the top two or three teams, certainly in the Eastern Conference. So uh, that that's not a surprise. And that could be a matchup we see down the road come playoff time, which would be very exciting to have sort of two original six teams meeting when, you know, it really, really counts. Because it's funny, when you think about the original six rivalries, no one would ever mention Toronto and the Rangers as a true rivalry. It just has never materialized. They've never really met in a meaningful way for a whole generation of hockey fans. Uh, it almost happened in 94, you know, Leafs in Vancouver were in the West final and the Rangers of course got to the final, but Vancouver thumped the Leafs handily in, in that uh, conference final. It's funny to think of the Leafs in the Western conference, by the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was the Leafs in Vancouver in the Western conference final. Like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> which is pretty bizarre when you think about it. But so it hasn't really been a great rivalry, but I think if these two teams meet in earnest, come, come probably have to be May, it wouldn't be in April, uh, that would be, it would really change the dynamic. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a hard-fought win for the Rangers. Uh, and Austin Matthews, by the way, you know, it's, it's just amazing. It's, you know, he's on pace down to score 67 goals. He has nine goals in the last five games. He has 25 goals before Christmas. And um, who's, you know, it's kind of shocking, right? Two years ago, Kev, uh, Matthews was 60 goals. Last year, of course, McDavid and Pasta with 60 goals. And now there's a d- distinct chance, whether it's Matthews or Brock Besser or Kucherov, we're going to have another you know, potential another 60-goal scorer this year. Who would think we'd get back-to-back-to-back seasons with 60-goal scores? But we're certainly looking like we're on our way to that. You know, what is it about Matthews? He had such a uh, real fast start, a little bit of a lull in the middle, but now again, just a, a total house on fire with 25, as you said, on pace for the 60. But uh, he's one of those guys where he just keeps shooting and they, they go in, he finds his marks, he finds his spots on the ice. And, I mean, that's what goal scorers do. But he's been remarkable again. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see this with Connor Bedard, too, when Connor yeah. Bedard starts getting some players he can play with. Because Matthews, just like Bedard and even just like Pedersen in New York, they have that deceptive quick release. They have that incredibly hard, heavy shot. Um, and and it fools goalies. And again, last night, Matthews did not have the puck on his stick for more than a, a millisecond on either of those goals. Mm-hmm. And just onto the stick, off the stick, into the top of the net, 
and it's a goal. And there's no goalie in the world, and, and Shesterkin's one of the best goalies in the world, who has a shot when that happens. So he's putting himself in good position. I mean, he scored 40 goals last year on half a wrist. You know, his agent was pretty clear that he was suffering through a pretty bad injury and playing through, you know, considerable pain for a portion of last year. Here he is healthy again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself and start talking about him uh, above and beyond what he is. But I, I do feel like we're, we're obviously watching a generational type goal scorer. And I know I'm not comparing him to McDavid. McDavid is buying, you know, by far the most dynamic player you know we've seen in since Gretzky really um but just as pure goal scoring you know in this amount of games I think he's played 315 games in his career or something along those lines he has more goals than Alexander Ovechkin had at 315 games like my point is it's we're looking at a generational special talented goal scorer in Austin Matthews and it's it's pretty cool to see Dave Amber with us on Sports 1440. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Compliment to you, Dave, from uh, Bad Talks. David is the best on Sportsnet, and there are some good ones. Uh, thanks, that comes from Bad Talks. So a compliment to uh, Super Dave Amber. Oh, thank you. That's that's good to hear. That's my that's my ghost account. <laughs> um, what goes on in the uh, Amber residence over the holiday season? And wh- one other question, Dave. I, mean, I can't remember. So when you were on the other uh, network, did you did you do any World Junior coverage back in the day? Uh, you know what? I didn't. Um, when I was at TSN, uh, I like how you say the other network. When mm-hmm. I was at the Three Letter, I was over. <laughs> I was a reporter in, in Calgary for a year, and then I was a reporter and uh, an anchor for four years uh, in Toronto, and I didn't. And I, it was a big then, too. It's kind of grown into something bigger than it was yeah. back, you know, when, when we were running the streets of Calgary together back in the day. <laughs> but um, I, I never had a chance to. Um, and this is actually a special year for me, 06, because my son is an 06. Uh, and so I know it's funny. I don't really know many of the players who are on the world junior team. Cause that's a whole different ball game, but I certainly know a lot of the guys who are going to get drafted, uh, next June in Vegas and, you know, saw them play since they were nine, 10, 11 years old. So it's, it's pretty cool year. I'm really excited to, to be heading to Vegas for the draft this year. Cause it'll be really nice to see these families. And I remember when their kids were 10 and 11 and, you know, I want to be a hockey player and you'd be like, okay, Billy, no problem. You keep working on that. And now, you know, these, some of these kids are getting drafted the NHL and it's like, like you know the amount of dedication and work and everything that's gone into it. And the ultimate for a young kid is to be uh, selected onto the world junior team here in Canada. So for a lot of these kids, as much as they're obviously excited about their professional futures, this is what they've really been striving for for the last number of years is to be one of those elite players that gets a chance to put on the red and white on the biggest stage over the Christmas break. So that's going to be an exciting tournament to watch, you know, out in Sweden. And I'm really excited to see how Macklin Celebrini, who's mm-hmm. going to be the number one overall pick probably, uh, you know, performs as a 17-year-old against, you know, these these other, you know, already selected into the NHL players. So um, I think we're going to witness a really cool thing. And Canada's looking to go back to back to back for the first time in, I think, 15 years or mm-hmm. something. So that's pretty cool. So you, did you say your son was in 06 uh, birthday? Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. So, I mean, again, that's, you know, we're 16, 17 years old now and looking at watching these guys. It's it's quite remarkable how time flies, isn't it, Dave? It, it happens quickly. Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing over the holidays. Yeah. I, my daughter's coming home from university. Like, it's kind of crazy. You get old quick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, 
it's funny how quickly if people tell you that when you have kids, yeah. like, oh yeah, you know, you blink your eye and next thing you know, they're off to university and it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then that's exactly how it is. Um, it all happens quickly. It's, it's an exciting journey and I'm excited to spend some family time and okay. you know, the NHL, it's nice. I, I actually really am thankful the NHL does what it does compared to the NBA and and NFL we're going to see on Christmas Day this year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nice that they sort of say 24, 25, 26. Let's let, you know, everyone decompress for 72 hours. I'm certainly going to do that with my family, which I'm excited about. Do they have, uh, is there a, a Rogers Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada potluck supper? Because we were kind of talking about that this morning. Or is this just <laughs> a strictly catered event out there? <laughs> we didn't we didn't do uh, you know when we're in the work mode it's pretty locked down and uh you know off air everyone you know what we did have is we did have a nice send-off for cassie yes um yeah it was her last uh rogers monday night hockey show on monday and she's off to the pwhl which is going to be amazing and she's been so much fun to work with she's such a great person i don't know if you've had a chance to mm-hmm. to uh, cross paths with cassie and um, so we had a nice little send off for her Monday after our show. And so there was a little bit of, you know, Christmas cheer there, but that's about it. It's, it's kind of when you get walk into the studio, just like you, it's, you're kind of grinding it out in work mode, right? <laughs> yeah. We had Cassie on the show earlier this year. So again, a new uh, opportunity for her, but I think you guys are going to really miss her for sure. Yeah. And she's staying on the SPN. So you'll still see her on the airwaves, depending on, you know, some of those games are picked up in Canada, yeah. some of the ESPN games. So you'll still get a chance to see her do her thing. But, you know, she's the perfect fit. She's going to be a senior advisor over at the w, uh, at the PWHL. And when you think about professional women's hockey, it was trailblazers like her, like Angela James, like Jana Hefford. I mean, this was, this was the group, you know, Cami Granato, et cetera. They all had to sort of play and the, and the highest level they could get to was playing in NCAA hockey mm-hmm. or CIS hockey. And then finally, you know, they got to play Olympic hockey, which was great. And now we're seeing professional hockey into one league that's going to, I think, have great success. The tickets in Toronto, by the way, are all sold out yeah. already for the season. So think about that. Like, that's pretty cool. There's certainly an appetite for this. There's a lot of young women who love the game, and there's a lot of young men and, and men in general who love watching the women play the game. So uh, she's going to be fantastic there bring all of her passion and knowledge and her history there and it's it's really neat to see so i'm, I'm very happy and excited for her hey dave thanks so much for taking the time uh, best of the season to you and your family uh, have a wonderful uh, uh christmas season and all the best in uh, 2024 and we'll talk in the new year thanks dave yeah, all the best to the Carrius crew and uh, all those uh, Oilers fans. Don't worry. I know there's a lot of, like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, consternation happening around the Oilers right now. But I, I believe a year ago at, on New Year's Day, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were 10th in the West. And then they had that great second half. And, uh, you know, I I would not sleep on the Oilers. And I, I think they're going to be just fine. So, yeah, best of the best holidays to you too, Kev. Thanks, Dave. Take care, bud. That's David Amber, uh, Roger Sportsnet, and uh, Hockey Night in Canada, and our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. We'll have some open text time, a lot of text coming in. We'll hear from uh, Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch uh, when we come back. And then at the top of the hour, our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko for Cougar Paint and Collision. All coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Where are you finding all these uh, classics, Duke? Are these on the CFCW? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, again, I can't pick oh, home, Hometown hero. Uh, well, slightly out of hometown. Breck Kissel. Oh, that's with, Breck. Uh, with, his, uh, with one of his original Christmas songs. Well, there you go. 
Merry Christmas to the Kissel family. I think he's playing, isn't he playing? Uh, the Cree on New Creed. Year's Eve, I think, yeah. Ooh, that could be a while. That's a Sunday night, though, isn't it? My holiday Monday. Uh, I know, yeah. You got the whole day to recover, yeah. Kev. Well, we got to watch football on Monday, right? That's a bit <laughs> later games, though, right? Where what are we at? They th- no, three and six or something? No. Uh, our time. Our time, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Uh, hoping to have some uh, some college football talk here on Friday for the everyone bowl season over the holidays, and then uh, we'll kind of tee up the college football playoff next Friday in one of those uh, two, two days where it might just be you, me, and a cheese platter. Yeah, it'll be that. I think we've got to get some old interviews going because we don't have any guests. We don't have any. Uh, uh, maybe Declan will come on at seven twenty. Uh, I highly doubt it. He's he's a maybe. Um, but because I do know for the the afternoon show, uh, Gregor, I believe, will be uh, with his uh, son at some hockey terms and stuff. So it'll be the Connor Halley show in the oh. afternoon with. Uh, oh. with so, oh, now so Gregor's making us work on the. Well, fr- I'm I'm working all day. Yeah, you're working days. the Wednesday, right? So we don't have a show Wednesday. We should just tell our listeners, right? Yes. it's a best of on the Wednesday. Yeah, it'll be uh, kind of. Uh, if, I mean, hey, if if listeners have an interview that we've had over the past uh, couple months that you really like mm-hmm. to come back on, I'm sure it'll be a good circulation of uh, some of these old NHL legends that we've had on with Grant with some great laughs. Um, oh, Pronger for, was great. The Pronger other day. was great. Um, you know, Billy Ranford, Kelly Rudy, uh, the first time he came on when it was just purely uh, swapping <laughs> old stories. Kevin didn't even get a word in no. between him and Grant. Um, you know, we've Johnny had, Busick. we've had Wit and Biz on um, to talk with the uh, former teammates, uh, Laddie and Schlemko. There's, we, there's we been have, no, we'll be able to fill uh, several shows. Originally yeah. I was thinking about it when uh, this got floated out to, to Connor Declan and I about how we're kind of filling that day. And I was like oh man i'm gonna have to really think about this but the thinking about it now that i've have thought about it is mm-hmm. more so like it's good i'm gonna have to cut some yeah. that i would love to air but we only have you know the 12 slots in the four-hour show to to fill so uh so yeah we uh will so be here on thursday we- and friday that'll be the the wednesday and then thursday yeah. friday we'll be back live because their oilers game on thursday night and we'll uh, be back to break it all down for you friday yeah. morning as well and then we're off New Year's Day. New Year's Day, Monday. we will be off as uh, yeah. The the other days, I think it will just be um, like Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Day syndicated. Um, yeah, Fox uh, Fox Sports Radio. Couple of notes from the NHL: Nolan Patrick officially retired from the NHL after just four seasons. Uh, battled some serious concussion problems. Uh, he was a second overall draft pick in uh, 2017, behind Nico Heischer. And Kale McCarr went four that year. But, uh, man, he was a talented player. When he was in Brandon, he had a 40-goal season in Brandon. Uh, but he started having problems, health problems, back in junior. And, you know, he, he got off to a decent start in Philadelphia, but then just concussions and injuries. Ended up uh, playing with uh, Vegas Golden Knights in 21-22. But uh, his career for now, I mean, he's only 25 years old. Hopefully, uh, health is the major concern and the major, uh, hopefully he can get healthy and who knows, maybe something happens uh, down the road, still a very young guy. Washington Capitals are expected to officially sign Ethan Bear uh, and he is going to join the team this morning, but I think maybe because of the uh, roster freeze, etc., maybe they aren't able to sign him today, but not sure on that. So anyway, he's going to surface in Washington. Oilers will be in New Jersey tomorrow, then the Rangers on Friday. Three games and four nights in the tri-state area. Last night, a 3-1 loss in New York against the Islanders. A game where the Oilers uh, got blasted on 
the special teams angle, gave up two power play goals, gave up a shorthanded goal, failed to score on a five-on-three power play for, well, just under a minute. After the game, head coach Chris Knobloch had these post-game comments. Uh, can you just begin with the assessment of your special teams tonight? Yeah, no, uh, you look at our, our winning streak, that eight games, and we never lost uh, a special teams battle, and that so often comes down to that. I thought five on five, we outchanced them, uh, spent a lot of time in the offensive zone, and this was one of the nights where we got beat on the special teams, which uh, doesn't usually happen. Uh, three straight losses, but you guys could have easily won two of those three games. How do you not let that frustrate you and continue focusing on the process? Yeah, no, we can uh, control what we can uh, control, and that's uh, the next game. And, um, you know, it's disappointing. We certainly could have had the last uh, two of those games, the last two of our three. Um, and, um, you know, I think... Uh, the next two games are going to be very difficult for us, but uh, certainly we can put this game behind us and get ready for the um, New Jersey game. Did you see encouraging signs of improvement from your team at 5-on-5 tonight? I did. I thought we made a good, a lot of good puck decisions. Um, spent a lot of time in the offensive zone, so we weren't, weren't giving it away. Um, you know, I think to score in this league or any league for that matter, you just have to go to that net hard, and, and I don't think we had enough traffic um, in front of the goaltender. Um, you know, I thought puck play was good, but I think we have to um, get more bodies around the blue paint. How did you like to push in the third? I mean, lots of zone time uh, opportunities. This is one of those nights you could have just used a bounce to maybe get you within one and see what happens. Yeah, no, uh, I'm thinking about the scoring chances we had early in the first period where, you know, Leon scores first, uh, makes, uh, you know, that was a nice play, uh, defenseman making the pass, forward bumping it back to him, and and then we had some chances to go up 2 nothing. I think if we're up two goals, it just makes that game a lot uh, easier, especially um, the way New York plays, very um, tight checking, and once they have the lead, it's tough to score against these guys, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I liked our, our guys' effort. There was no quits and um, some breaks. Yeah, maybe it's a different result. Sorry if this was asked already, but did the Islanders do anything shorthanded to frustrate your power play, or was it on your side the execution? Um, obviously, I think they did a really good job. I don't want to take any credit for away from them. Um, but, um, you know, I think there are nights that we go 0 for 4, and uh, we just can't score. And tonight maybe one of those. Um, you know, I think probably looking back, we'll want some of our plays back and do things a little bit differently. But, um, you know, I think early on we had some really key opportunities to shoot the puck, which we did. Um, and I think they came up with some big uh, big blocks. So, other than that, I'm not sure what to say just because, um, you know, I'll probably have a better opinion after I look at it. That's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after last night's 3-1 loss. On the island, uh, B texts in to 1-833-401-1440. Didn't Nolan Patrick score 30 goals as a 16-year-old in Brandon? What a sad story. Yes, he did. He scored a 30-goal season back in 2014-2015. He followed that up with 41 goals uh, in 72 games. And then uh, the year he was drafted, he only played 33 games but scored 20 goals uh, for the Wheaties. Uh, Came up the following year with the Flyers in 2017, 2018, everything's looking okay. But, you know, he had injuries in that last year of junior and the concussion uh, injuries and the concussion protocol followed him around for several years. It's something that he just, you know, you, you almost, 
you never want to compare things, but you can you can think of other players who were cut short in their NHL careers because of concussions. Obviously, a very serious situation. And that would be exactly where Nolan Patrick uh, falls into. Text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Uh, HVAC Nick says uh, Raphael Lavoie would uh, have a few goals in 25 games if he played uh, Brown uh, minutes. Ricky in the Donuts says it seems like a lot of teams are rising in the power rankings like the Islanders, Flyers and Canucks while the Oilers are dropping. Perhaps our peak was last year. Close, but not quite enough. Are the Oilers sellers or buyers? At the trade deadline, only 32 games away. Might be too late to save the season if nothing changes before March 8th. I mean, if the Oilers are sellers, I mean, this would be a debacle of monumental proportions. Uh, Everyone's been talking about this for a long time. Right now is the time with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. I would be flabbergasted, just stunned if the Oilers are sellers at the trade deadline. Ain't going to happen. Lots of time to turn this around. But again, you can't have so-so efforts, so-so kind of commitment. I, I still think the line last night from uh, Devon Taves from Colorado, does that not fit the bill? That's just a perfect assessment of a team. Uh, and Kale McCarr's been in and out of that lineup. Devon Taves played probably half the game last night against Chicago. Colorado loses 3-2 to the Blackhawks. Taves goes off and says, we have to be better. And they're, we, they're, they're what, 13 points ahead of the Oilers in the standings. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, it's going to be our Wednesday co-host, David Schlempko, as he is about to enter the building. Uh, before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. It is now open for the season. Be sure to support your local ski and snowboard shop, then get ready to ride the valley. Uh, visit snowvalley.ca today. Here is the Duke.